Hello everyone, and welcome to the next episode of Skylanders Portalcasters. In this episode, Ditto will lose all credibility, because we are going to be talking about our favorite and least favorite Skylanders games, and oh boy, does Ditto not fit the majority whatsoever. <laughs> uh, Ditto, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm a little nervous now that you introed that way, but otherwise, I'm doing great. Let's talk about this. Yeah, one of the reasons why we did postpone this is because I think Ditto was a little scared about how people would view her uh, choices on favorite and least favorite game. But in my opinion, I think all of the Skylanders games are great, and I do think that some of them are hated on way more than others, and they don't deserve that, because I think no matter what, at the end of the day, all of them are really solid games, we're all passionate fans, we care about the franchise, and sometimes we might be a little bit more critical than we mean to come off. I will agree that each and every one of the games in the Skylanders series is great, and I would like to preface this by saying that when it comes to our lists, we are comparing these games solely to other games in the Skylanders franchise and not to any other game or franchise out there at all. I would say that for both of us, even the worst of the worst of the Skylanders games, we rate higher than a lot of the other games that we play in general. Yes, I would agree with that. So definitely just take this discussion with a grain of salt, because I know that a lot of people do feel very passionately about this topic, but you know, I feel like it's all in the name of fun, and you know, I think they're all really good games, and I'm sure that there will probably be people that'll be maybe disappointed about some of Ditto's picks for positions, and also probably for mine as well. <laughs> One final preface is that I would like to state we are in this episode only ranking the console version of the games yes we are not discussing the 3ds versions that may be a discussion for another episode but that's not happening right now they are not included among these rankings this is just skylanders one through six on console yes we will be probably saving that for a discussion sometime down the road but this one we wanted to focus just on the core six from the console no mobile games no 3ds nothing like that all right, I think let's go ahead and start with our lists and just kind of list it out from least favorite to favorite, and then we'll dive into each game and kind of discuss why we feel that way. So Ditto, do you want to go ahead and uh, start? Sure, Inklander. I'll gladly go first. My list, least favorite to favorite. My least favorite game in the Skylanders series is Skylanders Swap Force, followed by Giants, then Spyro's Adventure, with Superchargers in third place, Trap Team in second place, and Imaginators is my favorite. Definitely an interesting list there because you got some of the ones that people really like ranked low and some of the ones that people really, really don't like ranked high, which I'm sure we'll dive into as to why momentarily. But as for my list, my least favorite is Skylanders Superchargers. In fifth place, I have Imaginators. In fourth, I have Spyro's Adventure. In third, I have Swap Force. In second, I have Giants, and my first place is Skylanders Trap Team. All right, so let's go ahead and dive on into each game individually, going in order, one through six, starting with Phantom Menace, oh wait, wrong franchise, starting with Spyro's Adventure and going through Imaginators. So Spyro's Adventure, it seems you and I both have ranked at fourth. So ditto, tell me, what do you think's good? What do you think's bad? Spyro's Adventure was the first game in the series, and as such, it's not going to be a perfect game, because it was just the Kickstarter for the franchise. It was, by all means, a great game. It had 32 characters, it had a wide variety of levels, 
It had the eight different elements as a core focus. The boss battles for this game are oftentimes a lot more fun than the boss battles in the majority of the rest of the series. That's one thing it did really, really well. And that alone would have been enough to rank it higher than it is on my list. Except, while I do enjoy a good dungeon crawler, the lack of platforming in this game didn't exactly work to its detriment, but it allowed for those that had platforming to rise above it because that was just a bonus advantage for them. I wouldn't consider it a disadvantage to Spyro's Adventure, but it didn't work for it either when it came to my list. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like a lot of the positives, as you mentioned, were kind of level design and variety levels. You know, you have stuff centered around the eight uh, original elements. You know, you have some really fantastic, memorable levels. One that we've talked about already, Leviathan Lagoon, and there's plenty others, too. Other things that I really like, you know, you also mentioned the roster has a really good solid lineup of 32 characters, not counting the uh, variants. And the uh, music's really good. We've also talked about the score before, and I also think Spyro's Adventure has a really solid soundtrack. But, you know, as for some of the bad things about it, I feel like, you know, the graphics could have been a little bit better. It was on an outdated graphics engine, and the storyline kind of just felt like a collectathon. There was a story where you're rebuilding the Coralite, but that's pretty much it. It, it was basically just like a one-sentence story, where it's like, you're rebuilding the Coralite to defeat Chaos in the Darkness, and... And I feel like they probably could have done a little bit more with it. Granted, I mean, pretty much all the other Skylanders games are also collectathons. We're jumping from place to place to collect things, but usually they have a little bit more stringing them together. And here they don't really have too much. And then on the topic of the dungeon crawler kind of side of things, I really like the dungeon crawler formula from the original two games. I don't really feel like it lost anything by not having jumping, especially when I think, as we'll talk about in later games, uh, I think the jumping mechanics could have probably been a little bit smoother uh, when they did feel kind of clunky sometimes. And then as for the boss battles, I kind of felt like they were repetitive for me. I did enjoy them, but it was pretty much just like a you got to an elemental source chaos is going to do the exact same waves over and over again where he's going to send out some sort of spell and then he's going to send out some sort of uh chaos skylander and then he's going to do the spell again and then another chaos skylander and so on and so forth until it ends up with fighting all three at one time while the spell is going on and you know that's cool once you do it like you know twice but after that it does kind of start feeling a little bit repetitive i do think the final boss battle is amazing that one's a lot of fun that one's really challenging it's unique the hydra is kind of random and a little bit weird that just does kind of just come out of nowhere but otherwise i think it's pretty cool it's a good foray into skylanders and i think it sets up a lot of what would happen in the future but for me i have it at fourth because i think it does do a lot of stuff pretty well but other things i didn't find necessarily as memorable so with that let's go ahead and move on to the second game skylanders giant so ditto what are your thoughts on Giants? Well, I have Giants ranked as my second least favorite game in the series. It did do some things well. It took everything that Spire's Adventure did, and it capitalized on that. It took the extensive roster of characters, and it expanded it more, and allowed for previous characters to be brought in. That worked out really well, and it introduced us to the Giants, which I found to be quite fun. And that's really all it did well, in my opinion. From there, 
For the boss fights, Chaos stopped sending Skylanders your way. You wouldn't see another Chaos Skylander again until Imaginators. The balancing in this game was absolutely abysmal. And the variety of levels, I feel each of the levels was a little bit less inspired than they were in the original game. It still had a wide variety of different level themes and designs, and I did like that each of the elemental gates was made into its own thing. It had its own theming, its own area. But overall, each level felt less inspired than they did in the last game. The storyline was a little bit better because, as you said, the Spyro's Adventure storyline was a one-sentence story. The Giant's story developed the lore a little bit further and built upon it some more and had a little bit more story to it. But the poor balancing and the fact that each level felt less inspired than the previous game, along with the fact that the boss battles were not nearly as much fun, you don't get any more Chaos Skylanders, and the final battle itself was just kind of meh. Overall, that's why I ranked it as number five for me. Okay. Yeah, now meanwhile, for me, you have that as your uh, second least favorite, but I have Giants as my second favorite game. So completely kind of opposite there. And for me, I mean, I honestly feel like Giants is the Majora's Mask situation of Skylanders. This is the game that had the least amount of development time, and I feel like what Toys for Bob managed to do with it in just a little over a year of development ended up being really awesome and really spectacular, and I think it actually built on what Spyro's advantage did in pretty much every way. Now, as for bad things, I might as well go ahead and get this one out of the way, but I happen to agree with you on the balancing issues. It definitely is pretty obvious, and it's something that they do work on fixing later on, but some of the Skylander stats are just kind of all over the place and giants, and it just kind of seems really just awful. It's not very well balanced at all, and it is worked on a little bit better in the later games. But while I find that to be bad, I think Giants has so much good going for it. The story's a lot better. It kind of became a Indiana Jones-esque kind of thing. I really like the gameplay. I feel like they expanded on all the puzzles from the lock puzzles to the push block puzzles, the light beam puzzles. And I like the level design in that they pretty much reused a lot of assets from Spire's Adventure, but rearranged them in such a fun, clever, creative way. You have all these different kinds of fun ideas, and even when they don't work, you still kind of appreciate it anyway. And, you know, as for the characters, I think it brings us a pretty solid lineup of characters, except for Shroom Boom. And the light core element, uh, as we kind of talked about in the last episode, that's also brought in and shows off some even cool new portal tech as well. The music, I think, has a lot of memorable themes. It might not be necessarily as memorable as Fire's Adventure in this case, but the themes that are very memorable, Junkyard Isles, Cutthroat Carnival, they're memorable. And yet again, you know, I feel like it just improves on the dungeon crawler formula that the original one had. It just made everything better to me. And they took something that didn't have a lot of development time, they reused a lot of assets, and they just turned it into a really good sequel to me. And I think it just took everything that Spyro's Adventure did and just did it better. Let's go ahead and move on to Skylander's Swap Force. Ditto, where do you have this one placed and why? The bottom of the pile. And I know that is going to seem like a hot take of an opinion because so many people rave about how good Swap Force is. Yes. But Swap Force did a lot more bad than it did good. And I'm going to get into that. Swap Force looks amazing. 
Graphics-wise, it's beautiful. It introduced a plethora of new characters. There was a decently large roster for this game, still allowing backwards compatibility, as would continue to be the theme throughout the rest of the series. It added in the Swap Force characters, which there's a reason that Swappable Unstoppable is a say. There is a swap for everything, and we've discussed this before. Yeah, very true. And the character design for Swap Force, I know it's not Inklander's favorite, but I really enjoyed a lot of the characters that came out of Swap Force other than the swappables themselves. That and Swap Force brought platforming to the genre, which, as I said with Spyro's Adventure, not having platforming didn't work to its detriment, but it didn't add anything to it either. Whereas with Swap Force, the addition of platforming actually made it a little bit more enjoyable. But despite the fact that it made it a little bit more enjoyable, Swap Force is still in last place for me. The balancing is not much better, if at all, than it was in Giants. If you are a completionist, some of the challenges set out for you in this game are absolutely ridiculous. The don't take damage star in every boss fight in the game is absolutely ridiculous. Some of the swap challenges and the requirements to get three stars there are absolutely ridiculous. I cannot fathom the thought processes that went into coming up with these challenges. The lack of balancing, the ridiculous challenges. This was the first game where speedruns were not tied to the level stars in any way. They were their own separate thing and done differently because you could stop the clock. Well, interesting in concept... The implementation was not good. I really wanted to love Swap Force when I went into it. And it started off with, it's this beautiful game, this amazing plethora of characters you've got here. You've got platforming now. Level design looks great. And then I actually started playing the game. And my opinion immediately just went downhill from there. And nothing about it was able to raise it back up again. There wasn't any real redeeming quality for it that could bring it back up beyond last place. Interesting. As for me, Swap Force is my third favorite. And, you know, I personally think it does a lot of good things. You know, the graphics, I think, are the best that they've looked in one of the games, other than maybe Superchargers. Vicarious Visions always does a great job with Alchemy, making these games look really polished, really nice. The swap mechanic, as Ditto mentioned, really cool. There is a swap for everything. And, you know, yeah, this isn't necessarily my favorite character lineup, but I do think some of them shine through pretty well. So I do think that is a benefit. But yeah, I'd say this is probably my least favorite lineup of characters. And, you know, I honestly think they did a lot of good stuff. This was the first time Vicarious Visions was at the helm. And, you know, even in the post-game, while Ditto doesn't necessarily like the time attack trials, I think there was a lot of good post-game content from the bonus missions to, well, maybe not necessarily the fishing, but just being able to complete different challenges and get, you know, different amounts of stars on things, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I do agree that I think when you're playing in Nightmare Mode especially, that don't get hit requirement for the bosses is absolutely insane vicarious visions does kind of have a track record for sometimes maybe making some of their games a little too hard in some areas but you know i do think overall the game does a decent amount of really good things i think the level theming is really good the art direction is really good and they just expanded on the skylanders formula even more and that swap mechanic is still really cool and it's carried forward which a lot of the gimmick lander elements weren't really now as for 
capture some of the bad stuff. I personally think the jumping is a bit stiff in Swap Force. I don't think it's necessarily the greatest. I'm not necessarily complaining that they switched the formula there. I do think it, Toys for Bob makes it a little bit better. In Trap Team, it feels a little bit more fluid. But in Swap Force, jumping just kind of feels not quite the way you want it. Sometimes it feels like a little punishing, like you just kind of don't make the jump when it feels like you have everything lined up and you are going to make it. But overall, like, I'm happy it got included, but I definitely think they probably could have spent maybe a little bit more time on, on the jumping, uh, at least for Swap Forest. But it does get fixed, Trap Team Superchargers later on, I think. And then also I think the uh, story is lacking a little bit there too. Yet again, it does kind of feel like it's a collectathon where you're trying to find these elementals in time for the volcanic eruption. And while that's cool, it's just not that exciting of a plot and then although chaos's mom is pretty cool seeing that character come in and seeing her interaction with chaos but then the other kind of thing while i really do like the art direction and i do like the kind of level design in some places the levels are kind of too long oftentimes a lot of these levels feel like they went on five ten minutes too long and also a lot of the level themes are repeated like this game has like three snow levels and you know three kind of desert themed levels and it just kind of starts feeling a little repetitive and while those levels do different things introduce different enemies and do kind of have different challenges the lack of like a full change of scenery just didn't really work for me but overall I I do think that this is a really good game and I think that it does have a lot of redeeming qualities unlike Ditto but you know that's just me. I do get where Ditto's coming from where some of the balancing is off and some of the challenges are absolutely insane. I wouldn't be surprised if someone got fired from Vicarious Visions and was like ha I'll show them and their last thing they did was add in those challenges of don't get hit. I do get that but overall for me I do think Swap Force is pretty solid. Alright, so I guess moving on to Skylanders Trap Team, the fourth game in the franchise. Ditto, what are your thoughts on this game? I have Trap Team in second place. Trap Team was a really solid game. It took the platforming that Swap Force introduced and refined it and made it work completely. The platforming in Trap Team is amazing. The level design in Trap Team is really good. Trap Team had a wildly varied roster of characters added to the game and two new elements which i actually really enjoyed trap team has a decent story it has very memorable npcs although where the heck the two new npcs came from nobody knows yes true mags did just kind of show up the levels don't feel too long nor are they too short and the number of villains in this game is really cool and the fact that they implemented the new feature of being able to trap and play as these villains. That was really innovative, really cool, really enjoyable overall. Yes, there's really only one villain that you use once you know what you're doing, but to have the ability to play as the others just for fun is really cool. It's something that I wish had stuck around. Trap Team took everything that Swap Force did wrong and got it right. They fixed the balancing, they had fun boss battles, the Chaos Doom Challenge was introduced. There was the new variant Skylanders that weren't exactly new, but were made functional, and that's the minis. They used to be just the little sidekicks. The minis were introduced properly as Skylanders and welcomed into the fold. And it was just a really, really fun game to play. It didn't factor into where I placed it on 
my favorites list, but as we've stated before, this was the first Skylanders game I played. This was the first Skylanders game I speedran. I did not let that weigh into where I place it on my favorites list, but those are still facts. Now, what it did wrong, why it's not number one, I didn't like that the Elemental Gates became Trap Master Elemental Gates. I didn't feel that that was a very welcome touch, in my opinion. The fact that PvP was removed at this point, I definitely felt like that worked against Trap Team. And the fact that there were no swap gates. Despite the fact that Swap Force is my least favorite game in the series, I did like the swap element, and I did like that they had the swap gates where you could either create a swappable of those two elements to get through, or you could have a co-op player use one of the elements while you use the other, and that would open the gate. It was a really cool concept that I was sorry to not see in this game. But in this case, with Trap Team, it is a case of the good far outweighing the bad. And because of this, Trap Team is my second favorite game. Yeah, for me, Trap Team definitely does have some detriments. You know, like as you mentioned, it doesn't have the PvP. The Traptanium Gates wasn't really a pro-consumer move. You know, there definitely are things that aren't too great about it. You know, it was the time where they introduced the most figures ever. They introduced Light and Dark, which, you know, as we've kind of discussed previously, weren't really needed. You know, they do introduce some cool characters, but they could have reorganized the elements from the beginning a little bit better. There's definitely some bad things, but I think... For me, with Trap Team being my number one game, there's so much that it did right uh, that it like completely overshadows all the bad to the point where it is my first game. Like, yeah, you know, you, you don't have PvP, but you have Chaos Doom Challenge, which is awesome. You have some really great level design. A lot of them are really varied. They have some really cool kind of challenges. Uh, they finally, I think, get the mix between Dungeon Crawler and Platformer just right here. I think they work on the balancing of the characters lot as you've said i think they finally get the uh, platforming feeling really smooth and fresh here the plot is fairly decent i don't think it's the best plot of the games but i do think you know it's pretty good it's probably about on par as giants maybe a little bit under it but still pretty good the new portal design is awesome the whole trapping mechanic and idea is really cool it's a lot of fun still fun now it really kind of never gets old and it also introduced a lot of great characters like this is a huge roster but i think it's one of the best rosters and i mean it's just a really memorable game to me it still feels very magical playing it. It also introduced a lot of kind of mainstay characters and also areas. Like, you know, we get Skylanders Academy introduced in this game, and that stays around for a, a TV show and for the last couple games. And, you know, we get Mags, we get Golden Queen, Wolfgang, Graveclobber sticks around for some reason, but, you know, he's here. We do get a lot of characters that kind of uh, continue forward, or we get a lot of characters that come back, you know, like Chompy Mage. And it just kind of really felt like by this point they got into a groove with it maybe in some ways for the bad as you know they did increase production drastically on it they really realized when producing this game what they had maybe a little bit too much for you know the detriment of the games because this is when sales started to decline but you know i do think still even with tons of characters that got released to the market and kind of just flooding stores to where there is a lot of supply not a lot of demand this time around i still think of all those characters they're still really good the game's still a lot of fun and it's just 
it's great. This is the game that I, you know, skipped out on that choir concert to be able to go to the early release of Toys R Us for. So, you know, it definitely is a game that's pretty near and dear to my heart and that, you know, I just pretty much stayed up the whole day just playing this game and trying to trap as many villains as possible. That's why it's first to me. Uh, yeah, there's bad stuff, but all the good stuff so drastically outweighs the bad that it's it's not even going to affect its place on, on the list for me. Moving on to the fifth game, Skylanders Superchargers. Ditto, what are your thoughts on this game? What are my thoughts on the Superior Vicarious Visions game? Yes. I mean, at least for you. I think it's the worst, but go ahead. <laughs> I have Skylanders Superchargers as my third favorite in the franchise. I feel like this game gets a lot more hate than it deserves, and I can understand why to an extent. First, talking about the good, this game had the best storyline of any Skylanders game out there, bar none. Yes. It felt intense. It felt exciting. It was well-written. The characters, the NPCs all got development here. It was a masterpiece of a storyline as far as Skylanders is concerned. Even some of the Skylanders novels don't have the level of depth that this storyline had. Yeah, and episodes. The level design here was amazing. It is a beautiful game, the best looking of the Skylanders series. The soundtrack was incredible, as we discussed just a couple episodes ago. The balancing was good. The character roster is kind of where we hit a neutral point, where it had some good and it had some kind of meh to it. In Superchargers, the characters that are really well-designed stand out really well, and the rest of them kind of just don't, and are forgettable at times. Vicarious seemed to learn from what they did wrong with Swap Force here, and the challenges weren't nearly as ridiculous. Although the boss fights also were found to be lacking in a lot of cases because almost every boss fight in this game takes place in vehicles. Yep. And that brings us to the biggest downside to this game, and the reason that most people absolutely hate this game for is the forced vehicle sections. Yes, they could have done better with it. Yes, it was a flawed idea. It was a good concept, but maybe they shouldn't have been forced. Inklander has spoken a little bit on this before. The vehicle areas could have been done better, could have been made optional. The fact that they're forced and you had to have a vehicle on the portal at all times, that is a major downside, and I can understand why people dislike it. I also agree that it wasn't good, but I also feel as though it wasn't as bad as it's made out to be. And the actual optional vehicle areas, the sky and the sea areas, a lot of those did show a lot of potential and really great design. But forcing one of each of those into every level did make some of them kind of bland. Yeah. Superchargers has a lot of ups and a decent amount of downs, but overall, it balances itself out, and that's why it is in third place in the average sort of area in my list. Gotcha. Although I would like to make a quick mention that some of the challenges could have been laid out a little more plainly for example when it comes to the racing the medals around the trophies in the pandergast area you shouldn't have to spend hours online trying to figure out what exactly those are awarded for maybe write it down somewhere in the game on a menu or something so that you know you have to have a perfect score to get those just saying yeah yeah very true 
All right, so for me, I disagree with Ditto in thinking that the game kind of balances itself out in terms of what it has. Superchargers for me is my least favorite game, and the reason for that is, as Ditto mentioned, the force vehicle sections. It's just, for me, I really do like some parts of this game a lot. I think the on-foot gameplay is pretty good. I think the music is pretty much the best, and the story I think is the best as well. It's just for me, I feel like the game is just too weighed down by the force vehicle sections, especially when a lot of them feel like racing sections. If I wanted to do racing, I would just go play the racing mode, which, you know, I do like racing. I do kart racing games on my stream a lot, play a lot of Mario Kart, and also a lot of Superchargers racing. But I don't want that in a level. Like, there are times where the vehicle sections feel really exciting, where they're maybe a little bit more exploratory, and a little bit more open area, or maybe they have the battle gate kind of fights. Those are a little bit more interesting, but when you're just kind of driving on a straight path, not too exciting to me. And then the big thing is that it is forced. Like, you have to have a land vehicle to be able to play through this game when no other gimmick beforehand has ever required you to do something. Like, you get a giant in the starter pack of giants, but you never have to, you know, use a giant if you want. You can have them smash through a wall, or you can use a bomb that happens to be lying somewhere on the level. The swap force characters, you do have the dual elemental gates, but you can just bring in a second player. Or you don't have to do the swap challenges if you don't want to. They're just kind of off to the side. But with a land vehicle, you have to do that to be able to progress through the level. And a lot of the time, it's just kind of driving in a straight line, and there's not too much to do with that. And what I really think would have been the better fix is make all of those sections, all of the land, sea, and sky sections, alternate paths. So kind of, you know, picture the Oracle level, but instead of having, you know, a path with spiders and a path with chompies, instead you have an on-foot path and then a sea vehicle path. And I think that would have cleared a lot of things up because sometimes I would want to take the on-foot path, but other times I might want to take the sky path. And a lot of the times the sky vehicle sections especially kind of felt just like dogfights when I feel like, you know, it would have been really cool to see what else they could have done with that as well. And having that be like an alternate route or alternate path and maybe having some extra exploratory kind of things tied to it, that would have been a lot more exciting to me. Because, you know, they could have had the like land paths with, you know, the block puzzles and everything that we're used to, but then add in a couple more puzzles to the land, sea, and sky areas too that they were kind of lacking there. Another main thing for me that kind of brought it down was this was the first time where we saw them really veer away from accepting every single figure, pretty much. They do, but they do it in kind of a wishy-washy kind of way. Like, they allow you to use your traps, but they're weapons for your vehicles. They aren't actually allowing you to play as your villains. I think it would have been way better and way better received if maybe you can't switch out the villain in that trap anymore, keep that exclusive to trap team, but still allow you to play as that villain with the timer in Superchargers. I think that would have been way better received but they wanted to repackage the villains with the trophies, so you have to buy them all over again, and that's not really great. And then the other thing is the magic items. Yeah, they do uh, allow you to have some benefits in the academy, like some will give you gold or whatnot, but otherwise, you know, they're just kind of not going to function the way they used to anymore, which is kind of sad. I wish they'd kind of left that functionality in there. It would have been really nice. And then Another thing for me that also kind of relates to the vehicle sections, but also doesn't, is the level design. 
And I know that a lot of people like the level design in the Superchargers, but I just don't. I feel like in a lot of the levels, it's trying a little too hard to stand out. And because of that, it just becomes a little sluggish. Like Land of the Dead is especially a good example of this, where it's a great idea and concept to kind of do the Mario Kart anti-gravity thing. But the perspectives just make it really hard to tell what you're doing sometimes and it just kind of feels a little clunky and not too great and there's other times where i feel like they try to push a gimmick too hard in the level and it just kind of ruins the level design i think they have a lot of good ideas but sometimes it just felt like they were doing a little too much and they could have scaled it back and so for me i think superchargers does have a lot of positives but kind of like with trap team where it has some negatives but the positives way outweigh it for me i think superchargers has a lot of positives but the force vehicle sections and just some of the kind of force level design kind of swaying away from using all the figures for their intended functionality just Things like that kind of just weighed it down and are way too much negative for me to be able to, like, rank it any higher than last. Alright, so moving on to the final game, Skylanders Imaginators. Perhaps Ditto's most controversial opinion. <laughs> Ditto, what are your thoughts on Skylanders Imaginators? It's my favorite game in the series. For this one, because it is my favorite, I'm going to start with the downsides as opposed to how we've been doing this. It did have some downsides to it. The requirements of a sensei of a certain element to unlock an entire level, that was a downside. The story wasn't as good as I had come to expect after Superchargers. It wasn't quite as pretty as Superchargers was, and it did have trouble implementing some of the really good ideas. Not to mention the, once again, anti-consumer decision of making the battle class for the Imaginite Crystals a final decision. Yeah. But in the case of Skylanders Imaginators, I feel as though the good far outweighs the bad. Well, not as inspired as it could have been, or as pretty as it had been in previous games... The level design was really good, in my opinion. I know some people would immediately disagree with me on that. Inklander included. included. The platforming worked really well. I would say about as well as it did in Trap Team. The roster of characters for this game is actually limitless because you can count the Imaginators themselves among that roster, and there is an unlimited number of combinations for that. There was an immense amount of replayability to each level because you could repeatedly get the same Imaginite pieces. Even once you've collected them all, you get a piece of equipment again and it just increases its power. I found that to be a really cool idea and very well implemented as well. But one of the primary things that sets this game apart to the point where I would place it in first is the Imaginators themselves. While I may not like that they exceed the level cap of 20, or the way that they locked the increase in level cap behind Sensei characters. The fact that you can build your own Skylander and introduce them to this world that we've come to love is an immense benefit to be able to have. It was a feature that originally, when announced, I did not like, but the actual implementation of it turned that around and changed my opinion on it. And I feel that overall, Skylanders Imaginators is the most fun and best experience of the series. All right, interesting. Yeah, so for me, Imaginators is my second to least favorite. I 
definitely agree when it comes to the imaginators and the creation crystals i think that's a great idea being able to create your own skylander from scratch but i also do think that it does have some limitations right like you're not able to make four-legged skylanders and it feels like some of the classes are maybe a little too similar like knight and swashbuckler it would have been way more interesting to see them have like a summoning class or have like a mount kind of class where you know you can make characters kind of like Fright Rider, where you can customize the actual, like, character, and then you can customize their mount, whether it be, you know, a horse or whatever it may be. That would have been cool to have a little bit more customization, and especially have that maybe from the start. And I think there's a lot of paywalls, like locking the battle class, and all the Sensei realms, and, you know, having to unlock secret techniques from Senseis and everything like that, and that's really bad. But, you know, when it comes to, like, the creation process, you know, you pick your element by picking up your creation crystal the store and then you go into the creator menu you pick your battle class and then maybe you pick you know body type like maybe you know you can remove the torso not just in ninjas but in any of the battle classes same thing by uh, giving them a tail no matter the battle class i would have really liked to have seen that uh, you know they already kind of had that variety a little bit and it would have been really cool to see them introduce like the ability to create dragon characters and i know that they had that planned and the scrapped imaginators kind of 2.0 that's been talked about in the developer interviews that would have been cool to see them have that implemented where you know you don't just build two-legged characters or, you know, once with tails, you can kind of just build uh, whatever you want. It's a good idea, but I feel like it was kind of lacking in some places, especially with the whole paywall of the battle class being locked once you make that decision. And, you know, there's some of the senseis are really good. I think the sensei lineup is really a lot of fun. You know, you can pretty much name a character and they're memorable in some way, whether it's their figure design or their gameplay or both or their personality. You can name tons of them. And I also think the villains are kind of a detriment to the game because a lot of them kind of just got ruined. Some some of them are still fun to play as, it just doesn't really represent the character anymore. But overall, I do think the uh, roster of senseis is pretty good, you know, at least of the um, original ones made specifically for the game. But other things that are bad, Warren Valve, for some reason, we don't know, it might have been his decision, it might have been Activision's, we presume Activision's, but you know, he didn't come back, so they used stock music and just reused previous Skylanders music. I personally feel the level design's very boring, it kind of has the opposite problem that Superchargers has. Superchargers, I think they try to go out of the formula a little bit too much with the level design, and they try to go a little bit too far. But then with Imaginators, I feel like they played it a little too safe, where a lot of the levels just kind of felt like poor kind of copies of what a Skylanders level is supposed to feel like. It's close, but it's not quite there, and it just kind of feels off for a lot of the game. Also, uh, as you mentioned, the story was kind of bland. Coming out of Superchargers, I was expecting the story to be really awesome, and then it just kind of fizzled. I don't think it's the worst story. Like, I still think Spyro's Adventure just kind of feeling like a collectathon is still pretty bad, but this story is also just not great. And it is a good idea, but it just kind of felt like it was an idea that they focused too much on. And as Ditto mentioned, the excitement of collecting Imaginite everywhere, I actually didn't like that because it kind of felt like they took away from having other collectibles. There wasn't as much of a focus on collecting anything else other than for Imaginite pieces and gold, pretty much, and selfie frames and whatnot. And I feel like they could have maybe toned back on that a little bit and had a little bit more variety of different collectibles because, yeah, I guess it's exciting, but to me, it just was like, oh, 
look at that it's another imaginite chest again and it just kind of felt a little repetitive over and over to me so i think it's a good idea i just wish they had implemented the creation crystal idea and like superchargers and then just left superchargers as the end that's what i would have preferred have like a really really solid skylanders game and then also have that creation aspect and it just kind of felt like they focused a lot on the creation aspect and putting a lot into that editor but i feel like they could have one put a lot more into the editor than they did and then two it kind of felt like the rest of the level design slid due to imaginators having the creation crystal aspect so i like the game but it just kind of feels like a shadow of what skylanders is supposed to be and so that's why i have it at fifth all right, so Ditto, do you want to go ahead and share your list one more time for the listeners so we can kind of just remind everyone what our choices were? Yes, so as a recap, my list, this time from favorite to least favorite, my favorite game in the Skylanders series is Skylanders Imaginators, followed by Trap Team, Superchargers in third, Spyro's Adventure in fourth, Giants in fifth, and Swap Force in ninth. I mean sixth. Yes, so for me, uh, my favorite game is Skylanders Trap Team in first, Giants in second, Swap Force in third, Spyro's Adventure in fourth, Imaginators in fifth, and Skylanders Superchargers in last and sixth place. And as we said, you know, we do just want to reiterate, yet again, this is a great thing about Skylanders, is that there is so much variety. Everyone's going to have a different game that they really, really enjoy. And while some of them are definitely overall more uh, loved or maybe uh, not loved, everyone's going to have a completely different opinion, and it's a totally valid opinion. On the topic of lacking collectibles, one of the most prominent collectibles and most memorable collectibles in any of the Skylanders games is the legendary treasure. So I think it's time for us to do a legendary treasure hunt. legendary treasure hunt where we undertake challenges to try and find the best deals on skylanders we possibly can within a budget this week's challenge was to find a lot of skylanders with wings and a maximum price of 50 dollars. our lots will be ranked based on the usual point system of one point per winged skylander and one half point for every five dollars we are below that 50 dollar mark and as always, I, your host, do have one bonus point I can hand out, or not, as I see fit, for any reason at all whatsoever. So, Inklander, let's go to you first. Alright, so I definitely uh, struggled with this one a bit. You know, there's definitely quite a few winged Skylanders, of course. You know, we have the classic dragons, although not all the original Spirit's Adventure dragons actually have wings. But, you know, they did introduce other characters later on that had wings. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily the hardest challenge, but still definitely fairly challenging. And so for me, I found my lot on eBay, and it costs... $14.99, so $15, and it comes with two Series 2 senders, or more so a Series 2 sender and a half, 
as one of them's uh, missing the wing there. Uh, it comes with a Series 2 Spyro, two Series 2 Whirlwinds, and two Series 1 Flashwings. So it's seven in total, and you're getting a duplicate of Series 2 Cinder, Series 2 Whirlwind, and Series 1 Flashwing with Spyro thrown in there. So literally every character in this lot has wings, except for that one Cinder. It just has the wing, but still, it counts. That is a very impressive lot. I would have to say I'm probably going to have to dock you half a point for that one wing. I'm totally kidding. I would never do that. That wouldn't be playing fair. <laughs> All it required was that the character have wings. Technically, we didn't say they had to have two or more. <laughs> True. <laughs> yep. This is a very impressive lot, especially considering the challenge. This did prove to be exceptionally challenging. You do only have four characters in total here, four different characters, but you also have the options for alternate upgrade paths, which is what makes this quite a good deal, actually. Yeah. Because every character except Spyro, you can take down both of their paths and really get a feel for what these characters are supposed to do and supposed to be. Now, for scoring, you have a total of seven winged Skylanders here, so that's seven points. And then this totaled out to fourteen ninety nine, which is significantly below the $50 price marker by three and a half points worth, which brings your total to ten and a half. Cool. Now, for my lot... What a lot this is. My lot this week is actually really special and kind of emphasizes the point Inklander made last week about me knowing how to find a really good bargain. Yes. My lot was found on Mercari. And this lot contains seven Skylanders with wings as well. It includes Whirlwind and Whirlwind Series 2, two Spyros, Sonic Boom, and two of Cinder Series 2. Okay. But those are seven among a lot of 80 Skylanders. Yeah. <laughs> also including four games being Giants, Swap Force, Trap Team, and Imaginators. Two portals, the Traptanium portal and the Swap Force portal. Two carrying cases, the Giants and Swap Force character carrying cases. And a strategy guide for Skylander's Trap Team. All for a total of $39. Pretty great. Despite all my searching and visiting various websites, searching for Skylander's deals, not just for the Legendary Treasure Hunts, but over the years... I feel like this is the best deal I have ever found. It's pretty good. You can't not give yourself the bonus point here. And that's why I have chosen my lot to be the recipient of this week's bonus point. I mean, Aspie, like, this is a great deal. Like, this is an insane amount of stuff. The amount of stuff that Ditto has doesn't even fit in one picture. It takes up four. And when you break it down, the total cost of $39, there are 80 Skylanders here. That's less than 50 cents a Skylander. Yeah. And you're getting the That's games. That's not including four games, two portals, the carrying case, and the strategy guide. Yeah. This is like hardcore Skylanders collecting bargain right here. My lot totals out seven winged Skylanders for seven points. $39 is $11 under the $50 mark, so that's another point, making eight, and the bonus point for nine points. My lot totals out to nine points this week, which means that Inklander is the winner of this week's Legendary Treasure Hunt. Wow. I mean, that's, that's surprising. I really thought you were going to get it, but you know, considering I found exactly what I was looking for in the lot, like there was literally nothing else. It was just 
Skylanders with wings, and it was also at a really cheap price. That's how I managed to win it with the rules here. But you know, still, like, between your deal and my deal, I'd definitely pick yours. Uh, it has tons and tons and tons of stuff in it, and tons of great characters and good games too you know like i can see light core hex light core eruptor shroom boom chill like i mean i think all of the giants in there but yeah you know it's just there's tons of different characters in here and you know i think this is such a great pack but yeah i mean yet again i've somehow managed to win this even with ditto's amazing deal See, and that's the beautiful thing about the Legendary Treasure Hunt, is it isn't always necessarily the best deal that wins. That's the purpose behind the challenge. It's the best deal on the challenge, and what you've done here is, well, I have found what I would say is probably the best deal I have ever seen on Skylanders in my life. We found the exact same number of winged Skylanders. Yeah. But your bundle was cheaper. And your bundle is by no means a bad deal. I would recommend your lot to anybody who enjoys dragons. True. I mean, my lot is just to the point of the challenge, and that's how I managed to get it. But yeah, it does go to show that this isn't necessarily always about just the biggest lot or the cheapest lot. It is about, like, finding it specifically to the challenge. But more so than that, it's about showing our listeners that there are a variety of deals and bargains out there, and you just have to keep your eyes open. You'll find what you're after. Yeah, absolutely. It seems that my lot was so good that I've attracted the attention of the Collector. I'd say it's time to get out of here. Uh, is the Dreadyacht nearby? We, we need an evac. Here we are on the Dread Yacht, but this time we're not able to travel with the portal network, and it's kind of too concerning to travel directly through the sky right now. So instead, we're using the Rift Engine to kind of traverse our way to our destination, which is actually the first level of Skylander Superchargers, the Rift to Skylands. So, this is the introductory level of Skylander Superchargers, and Ditto, what are kind of your overall thoughts and impressions of the level? The Rift to Skylands is, in my opinion, the strongest opening level to a Skylanders game to date. It did everything it needed to do. It set the stage for the intensity that is the Supercharger storyline. It opens with Eon clearly in distress. Our beloved NPCs, Flynn, Hugo, and Callie are locked up, and they finally manage to communicate with the Portal Master. And it seems that Skylands has pretty well fallen to villain control. Yep. What a great way to start off a game, turning the tables and having Chaos in charge of everything. And, you know, he's he's won. The Portal Masters have been cut off, and all the NPCs that we know and love have been captured and imprisoned, and it seems kind of like all hope is lost. The darkness has been eating up the sky, and it's just, it's not looking good. All NPCs except the ones... In Cloudbreak Islands, because even Vicarious Divisions forgot about them. Yeah, yep. So, you know, it's honestly a pretty good story. It sets the stage, as Dodo said, and, you know, it really kind of showcases exactly what's happening with the Doom Station of Ultimate Doom Destruction. It's, you know, devouring the sky, everything is in chaos, 
pun not intended, but there you go. It's just really not looking good for uh, the Skylanders, and they introduce the tacky new Portal of Power that doesn't look great, but, you know, it's your gateway to being able to punch holes through to Skylands because the portal network's been disabled, and they kind of set up the whole plot line. They set up why you need the vehicles, why you need the superchargers, and the gameplay of the level is definitely breathtaking at some times. The uh, sky area boss fight is just you know great like you know you're flying around near the sky eater there's all these kind of ominous interactive clouds that you can fly through you know it's just it's really cool in that way the kind of whole great escape aspect of you know freeing hugo callie and flynn and then driving away through all these islands that are being torn apart and through motley meadows it's just really awe-inspiring to see this big massive world uh and it really feels like you're in something huge in this level and just trying to escape help the prisoners escape and trying to just knock back chaos's forces a little bit and that's how they choose to open the game and while you know i did just spend a whole section kind of criticizing superchargers and partly their level design i mean i feel like this level here is actually one of the really good ones in superchargers to the point where i agree with it i think this is the strongest opening level in any of the skylanders games it sets the tone and it really just goes full force into it. Uh, it knows what it wants to be, it knows what it's doing, and it, it's just a really awe-inspiring experience to just see how the NPCs are reacting and just seeing yourself being in this huge world. This is the kind of level I want to see at the opening of a Skylanders game. If I'm getting ready to start a speedrun, this is exactly the level you need to get the blood pumping, to get the excitement, the adrenaline going before you make your crazy mad dash through Skylands. Yes, yeah, I mean, it's honestly just great. Like, the level design, the art direction, the gameplay, like, you know, the land area, while it does have some racing stuff in it, you know, I do really like the uh, battle area for it. The sea area, I think, is also pretty good and pretty varied. Like, I do think that the vehicle sections, what they did with them here, is actually pretty decent. And, you know, the on-foot is also really cool. You're dodging uh, ships flying in for a landing. You're trying to break open all the jail cells. It's really fun. You also have that opening sequence where, you know, Flynn tries to take control of the Rift Engine network thing. And it kind of just causes, you know, turbulence for your land vehicle. But, you know, it's really cool. It's really fun. It's really creative. And it does try to introduce you into the new mechanics fairly well. And it feels like a pretty complete package here. So while Motley Meadows is being torn apart, it seems that two other Skylanders are being torn apart over in the Archean Arena. Welcome to the Archean Arena, where we pit Skylander against Skylander in a match of theoretical combat, because PvP is no longer a thing, and we need it to be. So, Inklander, who have you chosen as your champion today? Alright, so, for my champion, I have decided to bring Hot Dog into the arena. 
a little bit about Hot Dog. Hot Dog is a fire range character with a health of 750 at level 20. Critical hit of 60, armor of 31, speed of 38, and luck of 26. Hot Dog's primary attack is Fire Bark, which deals 24 damage, which is, you know, just sending out a burst of flame. The secondary attack is Wall of Fire, which deals 50 damage and just does exactly what it says, sends out a Wall of Fire. And then Hot Dog's tertiary attack is Comet Slam, which does 47 damage, where Hot Dog kind of jumps up into the air and does like a slam attack into the ground, pretty much. The two different paths for Hot Dog are Bow Wow, where attack 1 gains combos, attack 3 gains charge, and fireballs explode and gain increased damage. And then the bottom path is Pyro Pooch, where attack 2 gains increased area, speed, damage, and fires fireballs. So that's kind of the general gist of Hot Dog, one of the core Skylanders introduced and Giants. So Ditto, what about you? Who did you bring to the arena today? The champion I have chosen this week to take yours apart, and that is probably going to be the outcome because of who you chose to champion for you, is Roller Brawl. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Roller Brawl is an undead melee Skylander who has an HP total of 780 with 56 critical hit, 29 armor, 45 speed, and 26 luck. Her attack one is called Roller Claws, and it's a melee slashing attack that does 34 points of damage per hit. Her attack two is Derby Dash, which allows her to zip around the battlefield, dealing 25 damage as she hits her opponent. Her attack three is Skate Blades, which throws a roller skate wheel with blades surrounding it forward at her opponent which deals 15 points of damage, continuing to hit for 9 points of repeated damage, and then a 15-point finisher. Her paths are the Shadow Skater path, which allows her attack 1 to gain a charge ability, improves her armor, and gives her Derby Dash some knockback, and the Skate Blade Siren, which allows her attack 3 to leave a trap behind to continue damaging enemies, increases her critical hit, and while using her attack 3, surrounds herself with spinning saw blades that deal damage to the enemy. I mean, Roller Brawl is definitely very powerful. Although, you know, just kind of looking at the uh, stats that Hot Dog here has, yeah, Hot Dog isn't going to be as speedy and has slightly lower health by just 30 points. Uh, but Hot Dog has a uh, pretty high critical hit at 60, and... While the armor is a little bit lower and the luck is actually the same, Hot Dog's attacks do pretty much way more damage than Roller Brawls does. You know, the primary is doing 24, the secondary is doing 50, and then the tertiary is doing 47. And, you know, Hot Dog is going to be able to, you know, send those out fairly quickly, one after the other. And while a Roller Brawl is pretty fast and can skate around and try to avoid all of that, I do feel like, you know, if Hot Dog's able to get in a couple hits here, uh, he's going to be able to do a decent amount of damage pretty quickly, honestly, on Roller Brawl. You are definitely correct there. Roller Brawl's primary advantage in any situation is her speed. She has a lot of speed, and she can fire off those skate blades pretty quickly, which allow her, for the most part, to skate circles around her enemies and just keep hitting them as she goes. 
And she can skate through them for additional damage as well. So if she's able to dodge attacks and just charge directly at her foe, the damage really does rack up. Yeah. In this case, I would say it's honestly closer to a draw. I don't feel as though either Skylander really has a glaring advantage over the other. No, I don't think so either. It's going to come down to a matter of playstyle. My obvious strategy with Roller Brawl would be to get that dash going and just keep the speed up. Dodge what I can, attack when I can. Yeah. Attack from a distance with the skate blades, attack close up with a roller claws. And that's really the only way you can run Roller Brawl. It's only a question of do you take the additional damage on your roller claws or do you give the skate blades the ability to become traps as well and the additional damage of the blades surrounding you while you do so right yeah in this case i feel as though the bottom path would obviously be the correct choice not only because of the fact that with hot dog despite the fact that roller brawl can outspeed hot dog hot dog is going to try to keep her at a distance and even up close can dish the damage so the skate blades are going to be a little more necessary than would normally be the standard way to run Roller Brawl. Yeah. And so the hope here would be to throw out the skate blades and hope that the trap damage is enough and then getting in close to dish out the damage with the punches, the blades surrounding also from having used the ranged attack will deal damage to Hot Dog. I feel that with this optimized setup, this being the best way to run her against Hot Dog, I feel that at that point, the two would be evenly matched, even with Hot Dog pouring out his fastest attacks and his most powerful attacks. I feel they would then be evenly matched. But if not run in this way, Roller Brawl would lose. Yeah, probably. I would probably say that. This is pretty much a, you know, thing where Hot Dog kind of has the uh, more powerful attacks, but Roller Brawl's advantage is the speed, so it's just kind of who's going to use what better in a PvP kind of situation. So it is going to be kind of contingent to each match. So, you know, I really do think that this would probably be pretty much a straight draw, where I can see Roller Brawl definitely being able to skate around, get in a lot of hits, and be able to take it, but I can also see Hot Dog being able to really uh, get in close and dish out the damage as well. So uh, I think it's going to be a matter of playstyle here and also just a matter of, at least in Rollerball's case, what path you take. But, you know, I, I do think that this would actually be fairly, fairly close to Tide here. We might have another Tide situation on our hands. Please do be sure to let us know your thoughts on this matchup, whether it be in the comments section or on our Twitter. Yes, absolutely. You know, I really kind of went into this thinking that Hot Dog was uh, going to get burned here, but... And then I chose a speedrun character instead of a power character. Yeah, so, but there you go. So, for this week's matchup in Archean Arena, we are going to declare this a draw. That brings us to the end of today's episode. You'll find our website and our individual channels listed in the description. Follow our Twitter at SLPortalCasters for regular Skylanders discussion and Imaginator design challenges. Thanks for listening, and in the next episode, we'll be discussing which Skylanders we think would fit best in Super Smash Bros. See you then. Bye. Bye.
Wait, is Shroom Boom in there? I think I need to knock off a point for the fact that he's in there. Oh, yeah, true. No need to point him out. 